Hello, my name is Clayton, and welcome to another episode of the Watch Dang Podcast. I'm a professional dog runner and watch enthusiast talking to his pals about dogs and watches. And wow, it's been a while. I hope you're doing well. Uh, I have been busy. You know, it's uh, I'm not complaining, but work is uh, work is picking up. I think we're getting to pre-pandemic levels of busyness, which is great. I'm not complaining. Uh, I wanted to record last weekend, last Sunday, but I had seven half-hour dog runs on a Sunday morning. Now, love my job. I love dogs. I love running. But I also love Sundays. I love weekends. Sunday is like my veg day. So, you know, maybe the 35-year-old me could have knocked out seven 30-minute dog runs you know, and still had a productive rest of the day. The 42-year-old me can still do the runs, but it's the recovery that kicks my butt. (laughs) So, you know, I had all these grand plans to knock out those runs and then come back and do the podcast. But instead, I got home. It rained as well, so I was wet, cold, and tired. And then I played a little game my friends and I like to call Nap Roulette. You lay down for a nap. You don't set an alarm. Could be 15 minutes, could be four hours. Roll the dice, live dangerously, and stay there as long as you want. So <laughs> my uh, my nap roulette turned into the rest of Sunday. So and then the weeks have just been crazy busy. So again, happy to be back with you. I'm going to try to record every week, but, you know, more likely going to be every other week that you're going to get a podcast. I'm going to try every weekend, but no promises. At least every other, though, I can guarantee you that. So, uh, yes, I hope you're all doing well. The time change has really kind of messed with me as well. Still, we're, what, two, three weeks out from the time change here in the United States, and I still have not recovered. I love the extra hour of daylight in the evening. You know, you can get home from work and still have time to, you know, uh, fart around in the yard if you want, or I love taking my dogs to the woods so I can do that without a headlamp now, which is pretty cool. Sometimes you're in the woods with a headlamp and you see a pair of eyes. (laughs) You wonder what creature that just might be. (laughs) But anyway, uh, you know, I love that. But the mornings with the time change have been the thing that really kind of mess with me. It stays darker longer, obviously. And, you know, I just sleep right through my alarm. It feels, you know, earlier than it is. And, you know, I've been waking up late. Oh, God, I'm just, I'm just a mess. My body has not quite adjusted yet to the time change. This year feels worse than most. Um, I'm just getting older. <laughs> I don't know. This dog running gig used to be a lot easier in my 30s. But anyway, so lots to cover today. When last we spoke, I was doing the Watchdog Podcast March Tournament to determine the number one watch in my collection. Now, again, I don't know what that means. And I'm also happy that I don't have to get rid of any watches. You know, this is just for fun. But we got down to the final four. It was the Weiss Ultralight Titanium versus the Grand Seiko SBGP015 60th Anniversary Edition. The winner of that matchup will take on the Rolex Explorer 214-270 versus the Tudor Black Bay 58 Black. Now, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the last few episodes. We did 
an episode where I picked the seeds. Then we did the Sweet 16. And then another episode did the Elite Eight. So that brought us to the final four. Now, this is tough. These are probably the four top watches in my collection, right? So I was kind of hoping, again, I'd said it before, to make things interesting, create a little drama that these watches would have faced off in some way, shape, or form a little earlier. (laughs) So it wouldn't be as predictable. I think if you were looking at my 16 watches and predicting a final four, these are the four watches that would make it. I was hoping it would you know, be a little more stressful for me to pick the winners here, but alas, now. The real stress and tough decisions begin here. And, oh boy, so let's start. The Weiss Ultralight Titanium versus the Grand Seiko SBGP015. Again, the Weiss is an incredibly unique watch. With the titanium case, aluminum alloy inside, only a hundred of these made. So you're talking really exclusive. Only 99 other people in the world have this watch, which I love. It's a manual wind, but, you know, it's a strap monster. I currently have it on a NATO strap. I'm wearing that watch today, actually, the Weiss Ultralight. Uh, I've tried it on leather. I've tried it on canvas. I've tried it on the comfy strap bandits strap that I have for it. And uh, I love it on NATO. and I'm not even a big NATO strap fan. I don't find them comfortable, but I have a couple NATO straps that I've been wearing this on. And I got to tell you, it's a little bigger watch. The The lug to lug is about 50 and, you know, there's no curvature to them. They kind of come straight out. So it does appear a little big on my wrist with, you know, leather and regular straps. But with the NATO, I think you can hide size of a watch a little bit better on a NATO, uh, small and or big. I have the Boulder venture the worn and wound edition which is 38 and that would look really tiny on my wrist with a leather strap but the nato makes it appear larger and i think this watch the nato appears to make it look smaller (laughs) so yeah nato's playing tricks nato's playing tricks i have no idea (laughs) what that means but anyway so this is just a great watch it's a special watch in my collection it's never going anywhere i love what it stands for Cameron Weiss doing amazing things, primarily made in the USA, versus the Grand Seiko SBGP015. Now, this watch is a limited edition of 2,000 pieces. It was one of the six that they released with the 60th anniversary collection. This is the only entry in their sport line. Again, mostly brushed, but just enough Zeratsu polishing to make it look really special. Uh, has a ceramic bezel, 200 meters water resistance. Uh, you know, I, again, I've said I took it off the bracelet because I just couldn't get a great fit. I have it on the Hirsch James strap and, you know, 9F quartz. Again, I've said this in every episode, I think. I set this watch in December, right around Christmas when I got it. And as of this morning, I did a check. And it is dead on accurate. So amazing. Perfect grab and go. All right. So if I am looking at these two watches and thinking about a one watch collection, I think that's now how I'm going to decide here in each of these matchups, which one advances to the final championship round. (laughs) And as much as I love the Weiss and it's just a light, fun watch, is it as versatile as the Grand Seiko? 
Uh, you know, I'm, I really don't care. I'm an advocate for wearing what you want. If you want to wear a G-Shock square with a tuxedo, I don't care. I'm not a fashion expert. Go ahead. Do it. Do what makes you comfortable. <laughs> um, you know, but ultimately, would I wear the Weiss with a, with a suit and tie? I don't know. Probably not. I'd probably just opt for no watch. Even with a leather strap, it still looks more kind of casual. Uh, the Grand Seiko, you know, it is a sport watch. But I think ultimately you can put it on a nice leather strap and it, it works fine with a, a suit and a tie. I have a nice blue suit uh, that I hope to wear again this year uh, to weddings and such. I have to fit into it first, you know, gain the, uh, gain the COVID-19, if you will. <laughs> so I'd really be squeezing into that baby now. But I have a, a, before, I have a wedding coming up. So I have a good six months yet to, uh, you know, <laughs> go on a little bit of a diet. Uh, but anyway... The Grand Seiko is just a more versatile watch. I can I can go swimming with it. I can go hiking with it, but I can also dress it up. So, again, I am so thankful I don't have to get rid of any of these watches. I don't really have to wear have a one-watch collection. But you know what? In terms of versatility, if I was forced to pick one of these watches to keep for life, you know, ultimately, I like to wear a watch no matter what I'm doing. And the Grand Seiko would just check more boxes. So, going on to the championship round, and a bit of a shocker probably, the Grand Seiko SBGP015. All right, in the other Final Four matchup, it's the Rolex Explorer 214-270 Mach 2 versus the Tudor Black Bay 58 in black. The Rolex Explorer for a long, long time was a grail watch for me. Right up there with the Omega Seamaster Professional 300 when I got into watches. Those were the two watches that were sort of dreams. Very fortunate to have achieved them both. And yeah, this watch just wears perfect. Again, it's super versatile. Can dress it up. Can dress it down. Really just on the bracelet. I mean, it fits everything. Suit and tie, easy. Tuxedo easy, in my opinion. Maybe some of you think that's a faux pas, but in my opinion, it works great in any kind of arena that you want to wear it in. And then, you know, I've taken this in the woods. Like I've said many times, it looks just as great with a, you know, shorts and t-shirt. And I just love this watch. It's a Rolex without screaming, hey, look at me, I'm wearing a Rolex. Goes completely under the radar, which is what I'm looking for. Versus the Tudor. Black Bay 58. Another watch that I think is just about perfect. This is a really brutal, brutal matchup. I love the vintage aesthetic. Again, much like the Explorer, it just wears great on my wrist. Bracelet is comfortable, just like the Explorer. Best bezel action of any dive watch I've ever worn. It's so fun to play with. Maybe not as much purchase area to grab and grip the bezel as I would like. But other than that, that's really my only complaint about this watch. Loom is great. I love the look. All right. Again, now looking at this in terms of one watch collection, these are both like go anywhere, do anything watches. And I think either of them would work great as a one watch collection, right? But I have to pick one. You know, I like I like to have a bezel. 
I like to have a fidget spinner. I use it for timing things. Whenever I'm wearing a watch, I do use the timing bezel, timing bezel, you know, to time whatever I'm doing. That's just kind of my personality, what I like to do. And I also just like to play with it. It's sort of a relaxing thing to just spin it around and around if I have nervous energy. I'm a very anxious person. (laughs) lots of anxiety going on. So it's just something I like to do. I like to play with the dive bezel. Call me crazy. Call me silly. I don't care. That's me. So ultimately, a go anywhere, do anything. One watch needs a bezel for me. I think you know where I'm going with this then. The Black Bay 58 will beat out the Explorer and make it to the championship round of the Watchdog Podcast March Tournament. And now. We're going to just do this quick because it's April now and I've been uh, negligent in releasing uh, podcasts. (laughs) The championship, the Grand Seiko versus the Tudor Black Bay 58. And I really don't have to go into much more detail to be my one and only watch. Ultimately, it needs a bezel, needs to be a dive watch. That's just what I gravitate towards. This watch can be dressed up, can be dressed down. You can obviously go swimming with it. You can pretty much do anything with it. And, you know, with the aluminum bezel, it's going to take on some character, some patina, going to really look great. So if I, right now, anyway, if I am forced to pick one watch for the rest of my life to grow old with, the Tudor Black Bay 58 wins. The Tudor Black Bay 58 is the champion of the 2021 Watchdog Podcast March Tournament. We'll do one again next year. I'm sure my collection will be completely transformed from the 16 watches that were featured this year. But I think it'll be a fun thing to do every year. And we'll see if the Tudor Black Bay 58, if it's still even around, because, you know, I'm crazy and I flip, if it can repeat. So really only one other thing I wanted to talk about this week. That's right. Easing back into recording podcasts. I'm a little rusty. (laughs) So I chat with my watch buddies every day, a good core group of us. And a few of them have been posting their weekly screen time statistics on their cell phone, right? It'll tell you how much time you spend in total. And then it breaks it down between apps. So you spend this amount of time on YouTube. You spend this amount of time on Facebook Messenger and so on and so forth. Now, those are really numbers I'm not interested in knowing, to be honest. It's like an awful truth. Like I know I spend way too much time on my phone. Uh, You know, I work from my phone. So, you know, most of what I do is done from a mobile device. So, gosh. Way, way, way too much screen time. I don't I don't want to know those numbers. But it got me thinking in general about how I spend my free time. And more and more is on watches. <laughs> it's becoming sort of all-consuming, right? Whether it be with my physical collection, you know, whether it be doing strap changes or staring at them in my watch box or reorganizing my watch box based on style of watch, color, price I paid, etc. <laughs> Don't judge me. You know you do it too. <laughs> Those of you who think I sound weird right now, I know you do it. <laughs> or, or you know, just on YouTube watching videos. I spend countless hours watching YouTube videos 
about watches I'm interested in, but I also have a lot of friends who are content creators on YouTube. So I try my best to eventually catch up and watch all of their videos and be supportive because they're all great. Uh, I read articles. I spend countless hours shopping for watches with money I don't have. Kind of fantasy shopping. Uh, thinking about the podcast. I'm lost in thought most of the time thinking about what I should, you know, do the next episode about. And planning that out. And then there's the recording of it. The editing of it. <laughs> you know, so I spend a lot of time on this hobby. I'm in like five different uh, Discord chat groups right now. Uh, so that takes up a lot of time. More and more of my time is consumed by this hobby. And I'm not complaining. But I also have ADD. Diagnosed. And I tend to put off the things I need to do in lieu of the fun things in life, right? <laughs> so I should be focusing on my business, the thing that makes me money. Instead, I focus on the thing that spends my money. <laughs> so you know, I think it's out of whack, honestly. And I think it's starting to become a bit of an issue. And I, you know, I think my wife would agree. I think I often tell her, that I need to stop procrastinating, whether it be focusing on the stuff I need to do for my business or just, you know, regular life stuff, you know, doing yard work, doing things around the house, folding my laundry, which is now in one big pile in the corner of the room. My wife's just given up on that. She just puts it in the corner and, uh, you know, I don't even need drawers anymore. My clean clothes are just, it's hard to, <laughs> they're just sitting there. It's hard to differentiate what's clean and what's dirty. Uh, you know, more and more, I'm just focused on watches, consumes all of my thoughts. You know, I I should call my family. I plan on doing it. I'm going to call mom tonight. And then, you know what? I spend three hours watching YouTube videos. And by the time I get around to calling, it's too late. She's gone to bed. <laughs> so how do we find balance? We often talk about budgeting money for watches, Right. More and more, I think we need to budget time for it. Because if I, you know, kind of like with money, if I am not a little more strict, I'm just going to keep buying watches. That's not sustainable. How sustainable is it to spend all of my time focusing on the watch hobby? I don't think it's all that sustainable either. I think it creates burnout. It can be dangerous. Now, on a Sunday, I like to spend time with my wife. Now, I just talked about Last Sunday, I ran all day and then I slept the rest of the day. That's not quality time in the grand scheme of things, right? Sunday is the day I watch TV with my wife. Don't laugh, but we watch The Golden Girls. I think it plays on TV land for like 12 hours and we watch <laughs> a good portion of it every Sunday. During quarantine, when we're not really going anywhere, that has sort of become our Sunday tradition. But I know like Bruce Williams does a live on Sundays, uh, you know, other... Rob sometimes does his Sunday fun day videos on, on Sundays. He used to. So, man, there's just a lot of great watch content. And I found myself kind of going off into the other room, you know, watching that stuff. And my wife would be like, hey, this is our day. Can't you give me one afternoon away from watches? <laughs> and, you know, it's like, yeah, you know what? You're right. My priorities are out of whack. What is it about the hobby that is so 
all-encompassing, all-consuming. It's weird, isn't it? So many of us kind of become obsessed with watches. I can't really put my finger on it. You know, I've talked about before, is it the dopamine rush? Obviously, Jeff McMahon has done several videos on, you know, watch addiction, social media addiction. I think maybe there's a mixing of the two. Both of those addictions sort of converge to make one giant addiction, right? You know, we love the community. So many of us are locked in our homes right now. We're not hanging out with other people. So this is our way of being social. You know, when we go into Bruce Williams Live or Rob's Live on Monday evenings, that's our chance to be social. Maybe it's our only chance of the week, right? You know, you get into the chat room, everybody says, hello, Clayton, how you doing? Hey, Tennessee Mike, hey, Jerry, whoever it might be. Like, we feel like we're a part of something. And this year where we've been so cut off from our friends and family, you know, that's great. We love that. We crave that. Uh, you know, I love doing the podcast. People, I've met people. People give me, like, compliments. It's good for my ego. It's a chance for me to say what's on my mind. It's a way for me to be involved in watches that doesn't really include spending money. So, but also have to find a balance, right? And I'm rambling here, so this may not make any sense. But how do I do this hobby without going broke, but without also without alienating my friends, my wife, <laughs> my family, Still, you know, having a successful business, making sure I do all of that stuff. So is it is it a thing like when you're in school? Do you have to, you know, before you can go out and play, you have to do all of your homework. <laughs> do I have to do that kind of thing? When I get home from work, should I send, you know, five or ten invoices? I have to update my website. I So many weekends, I have said, you know what, this is the weekend I'm going to jump on. I'm going to completely overhaul my website. It's way overdue. Pictures are outdated and old. I don't even walk half of those dogs anymore. But instead, you know, on a Saturday afternoon, I'm like, all right, this is the day. Website time, website time. And then I'll get lost down the watch rabbit hole. And before you know it, another weekend goes by. It's Monday morning and I didn't do a damn thing except for <laughs> shop for watches and consume watch content. Now, I don't know if any of you are having these same issues. Are you finding it hard to get other things done in your life since you've, you know, gotten way deep into watches? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I also, again, I have ADHD. It's really hard for me to focus. I procrastinate a ton on the things I should do. I sometimes procrastinate on the podcast. You know, I could probably do it weekly. Sometimes I just procrastinate. I hate that about myself, but there's like this imbalance I have. There's this like mental block from doing things. And, you know, it's just something I've been fighting for years. And, you know, I think I've been a success in life despite myself a lot of the time. I'm going way deep here, telling you way more than you want to know. <laughs> but I say this because I'm finding it problematic now with how much I'm into watches and how much time I spend on the hobby. And I think I really probably need to do an intervention with myself 
not only with money being spent now, the watch budget's gone. And I'll get into that next week. Uh, so, you know, I can't spend money I don't have on watches. I just, you know, I can't do it. But you know, also budgeting time, because now that's becoming a real issue. It's becoming problematic. You know, is, is it is it something that I need to go to therapy over or something? No, but I'm spending a lot more time on the hobby than I probably should, than is probably healthy. I don't want it to be something that consumes my life and ultimately make it into something that I burn out on, right? And that I resent. I want to have a passion for watches, but have it be an escape from reality. I don't know what I'm saying, guys. <laughs> How do you feel about it? I'm going to end it here because I'm just rambling like a crazy person. How do you guys balance out your hobby with your real life? I know I don't even have kids. I know a lot of you have kids. You know, is is the hobby something that is starting to infringe on your personal time? Are your kids badgering you to play with them or hang out with them and you're stuck on your phone, you know, watching the latest... Uh, just one more watch video or, you know, maybe shopping for watches. <laughs> Is that something you do? Cause my, it happens with me and my wife, right? I should be hanging out with my beautiful, funny, intelligent wife. And instead I'm in the other room watching watch videos. Like what is, what is that? Why am I doing that? <laughs> uh, or I'm upstairs locked in my room recording this thing or editing it, you know, <laughs> I think it gives me joy in a way that, especially this year that I haven't been able to find through hanging out with other people, you know, why not just spend a day locked in, inside recording and editing a podcast? There's nothing else to do, nowhere else to go. Maybe as, you know, things get back to normal here this year, later this year, I'm hoping, and the weather gets nicer you know, I'll, I'll spend a little more time away from watches. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, guys, I'm going to end it here because I'm rambling and not making any sense, but give me some feedback. How do you guys feel about the time spent on watches? It's not a problem for you. You can balance it out or, you know, do you spend too much time on the hobby? So much so that you're starting to alienate your friends and your family and you're ignoring them in lieu of your online watch community. <laughs> All right, guys, it's great to be back with you. Thank you so much for listening. Again, you can check us out on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else really that you uh, choose to download podcasts from until next time. Remember, sometimes you're the dog. Sometimes you're the hydrant. Just roll with it. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode of the Watchdog Podcast. See you later.